This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that despite their best efforts, they just cannot take off the airwaves. Uh, the weather has played a big part in the world of Chelsea FC women over the past week. The rain in Spain was a pain as Chelsea started to a one-all draw away to Real Madrid. And whilst the weather outside on Sunday was frightening and Chelsea's first half performance was uh, delightful, it was nothing compared to the fright of Reading pulling two goals back after Chelsea had ploughed through them in the first half, leading 3-0. Uh, despite the scare, Chelsea held firm, ending the game 3 2 winners, leaving them top of the table as our WSL fixtures come to an end for 2022. Uh, two crucial Champions League games remain, but domestically at least, Chelsea are right where they want to be right now. Uh, and the title of tonight's show is Went to Mokings Meadow, episode 95. The snow must go on. It's the best snow pun I could um, come up with. Uh, Brilliant. just before recording uh, remember you can listen live every Tuesday at 8pm by heading to Mixler.com that's M-I-X-L-R.com and searching for Went to Mokings Meadow where you can join in the show by posting on the live chat page as Buffer has already good evening Buffer um, some other people in there if you comment on what we say we'll get you involved uh, on the show tonight in part one we'll relive all the action from well I haven't changed that bit from Real Madrid, the Real Madrid game it says 8-0 win but we didn't win 8-0 uh, part two, we'll look back at Sunday's snowy victory over Reading. And in part three, we'll look ahead to the Champions League clash with Valencia on Thursday. Still don't know if that's right. Um, anyway, joining me on the show for what feels like the longest time ever, uh, me old mother, Dane Whittle. Dane, good to see you. Yeah, hello. Evening, everyone in Mixler and all future listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm okay. Been a little while for yourself. Feel yeah, like. no, it does feel like, yeah, December's always quite frantic and very busy for me uh work-wise and socially uh and yeah it feels like a, it feels like quite a few weeks I've said no not tonight sorry mate no not tonight sorry mate but I thought I had I, I felt more pressured to come on come on this week so <laughs> I made sure I was uh available although I was getting very comfortable watching that World Cup game uh so I had to pull myself away at halftime I was incredibly low on co-hosts I was getting a bit white myself um 
and we have got a guest with us this week, so it's not just me and Dave, so that'd be boring. Um, we have, for the very first time, a Chelsea home, away and European follower, writer for King's Medal Chronicle, as is Dame, and that is Sophie Spittle. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be on. Uh, now, we always get our first-time guests to introduce themselves, so sort of how did you end up supporting Chelsea, what was your favourite memory following the team, um, your favourite players, past and present, stuff like that. So um, I'll pass the mic metaphorically over to you. Um, so, yeah, I've um, been supporting Chelsea since the uh, mid-80s when a family friend took me to my first game versus uh, Leicester. If we'd won, we would have gone top of the table. It ended a two-all draw. Um, in terms of um, the women's team, I've followed them since uh, Tony Farmer set us up in, in 1992 through reading about them in the programmes and magazines and that sort of stuff. Although I didn't go to my first game until um, the 2015 Cup final at Wembley. We beat Notts County. Um, and my first Chelsea women's game at King's Meadow was uh, Katie Chapman's last game in 2018. And I've had a season ticket since the start of last season. Uh, I stand in the South Stand. So, yeah, not in the West Stand. I, stand. I just enjoy the element of standing at football, which you can't do in a men's game unless you go to non-league. So that's why I sort of stand um, at King's Meadow. Um, I don't have a specific favourite memory relating to the, the women's team. The men's team is probably the 97 Cup final, uh, not Munich, although I was there. Um, but my favourite, my biggest enjoyment with the women's team has been meeting fellow fans who I now go to games with, who I'd not met sort of like a couple of years ago, and now they've become really, really good friends. Um, favourite past player is probably, is probably any Aluko, although I do, I do enjoy the fact that Coney, Casey Stoney played for us, which not many people remember and actually managed us as well. Um, and my current one would be one of Sam Kerr, Millie Bright or Ellen Cuthbert. Yeah, three solid choices. I feel like that 2015 final was a turning point for lots of people in terms of going to watch a team yeah. and obviously moving to King's Meadow helped as well. Um, Dane, I think we should try out the South Stand together because I'm, I'm usually in the West. I feel like we should venture out of the West Stand. Yeah, yeah, why not? We'll try Interesting to hearing about uh, Katie Chapman, one of my favourite ever Chelsea women's players. And Casey Stoney, you know, I think her little time at United, you know, clouded some people's judgments of her. But, you know, you, you've got to understand she's a rival and respect that. So now we can like her again because she's at San Diego Wave and doing did a very good job in their, their, their first uh, their first season of that franchise. But... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's lovely hearing people's backstories and how they got into football and and especially with teams and and yeah, that heartbreaking first game, Leicester. Yeah, was, was that the one we should we could have won the league and yeah, yeah. was, that, was yeah. that Guppy? Was it Guppy? Steve Guppy? Was it? No, no, no. It was before that. It was eighty six. So it was um, um, it was Lineker and Alan Smith, and we could have gone top of the table. It was February sometime. So oh, my first game was might have been that season actually. It was Millwall uh, in the cup. We lost three two. Uh, and always, I think John Fashioner was playing for me. It was terrible riots at Stanford Bridge. It was an awful, awful game. Yeah, I'm not that old. So, anyway, <laughs> um, now Sophie is here, um, not just because she follows Chelsea everywhere, but because she was away at Madrid last week. Uh, so, Sophie, tell us about the trip. What was your, how long did you go for? What was the day like? Uh, yeah, so there were four of us went out there. Um, as a group, we went out on the Wednesday and we came back on the Saturday because we wanted to see. We never, none of us had ever been to Madrid before, so we wanted to see a bit of the city as well. So we made sort of a, a, a bit of a, a midweek break of it. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, 
it was a, it's a nice city to explore. That was very wet, so we got very wet. Um, yeah, um, there were the match was was just one part of a really enjoyable four days. So, how many Chelsea would you say was there at the game? Um, I would say probably fifty, maybe slightly more than that. Um, a mix of local in in the area where the Chelsea fans were. I think there were other Chelsea fans dotted around dotted around the stand as well. In the area we were in, there's probably about fifty of us, including um, some fans from the official Chelsea Madrid Supporters Club who came along and with their flag and were uh, leading some of the chanting, which was really good to see them there as well. So it's pretty good going, isn't it, Dane? Supporters across the Europe, I suppose, coming to watch the team. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's always lovely. It's always nice. So you know, whenever I've I've, I've travelled away, or you know, I remember speaking to uh, it was quite surreal uh, in Munich in 2012 over the Champions League final and talking to uh, the German Chelsea supporters, which was obviously quite funny. A massive hatred for 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 Bayern Munich and and all other teams. And yeah, it's it's lovely to see. You know, it's nice just to see shirts scattered around when you're on holiday. You know. I mean, Travelled so many times to America, I see so many shirts, and when they realise you're from London and you go regularly, Jesus, you can't, you can't get away. Yeah, no, I was watching at home on the laptop, and my volume was down quite a bit. So, uh, was there a, a decent atmosphere? Yeah, I don't think it was too bad. I think the I, the Madrid fans have a section that I call like a typical European away section with a megaphone and a drama and flags, but they didn't make that much noise. And whenever they started the the the, 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 the chant. The Chelsea fans seem to drone out the Madrid with the Chelsea bit. So, but considering how how many of us were there, I think the Chelsea fans were were fairly loud um, and consistent across the whole game, as we always are. So, yeah, I mean, I've done a couple of European aways for the men's team, never for the women's yet. But um, when you do go away, there's not always the friendliest welcome for visiting uh, Chelsea fans abroad. Was it different for the women's yeah. team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a couple of uh, men's away games in Europe um, and I've never come across any issues. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely a much more relaxed atmosphere. To be honest, whenever we told anybody that that's what we were there for, most people weren't even aware there was a game going on. So it was a, it was a public holiday in Spain in those sort of like two days, sort of the Tuesday and the Thursday. So it was incredibly busy Madrid with lots of people in town. Um, and yeah. We spoke to a few people and, as I said, they didn't even know there was a game going on. But when we explained what we were there for, they, they knew about Chelsea. <laughs> they spoke to us, they sort of talking to us about Madrid. A lot of them knew the players, uh, knew the Spanish players. Uh, yeah, it was it was really friendly. But then I've always found that following women's football, I've never had any issues like I have with following men's football. So, What's, what's Madrid's, what's the women's team's fan base like? I wonder what their uh, average attendance is, because obviously no Barcelona's is, is, is very good. I don't think it's as big as Barcelona's. I mean, the stand that we were in, they've only got one real big stand at, at the ground, um, and that was pretty full. But the stand opposite us was empty. Nobody was in there at all. So Is that the one that the first team played in whilst they were redoing their yeah. stadium? So it's, 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 the, it's, the, yeah, it's the second teams, isn't it? It's the, it's the yeah. B team stadium, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, they've only just taken over this women's team, haven't they, Real Madrid? Yeah. Took over a team, just said, you're Real Madrid now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you was there for, for four days. Um, obviously, you don't have to answer this, but I just want to understand the cost of it. Because when the men's team gets drawn away, the flights and prices obviously 
go sky high. Is it quite cheap to get away? Yeah, I mean, we flew out of Heathrow with Iberia. Um, tickets were probably 150 quid, so not too bad at all, uh, considering it was, especially considering it was out of Heathrow. Um, and the hotels, considering it's public holiday in Madrid, were really reasonable as well. And it's a decent hotel right in the city centre. So uh, we, I think we did the whole thing for four days, including spending money. We were out there for less than £500, which I think is pretty reasonable. So, Yeah, what, would, what advice would you give to some Chelsea fans? So hopefully we get through, obviously, the next round. Um, if they want to go away and follow the team, what would your advice be to fans who want to go? Uh, just do it. <laughs> Take the ball by the horns and, and just go and do it. Um, look at where the ground is. Look at whether you want to be near the ground or in the city centre if you want to do some exploring. Um, because the, the Madrid, the ground was right out near the airport. It wasn't the easiest one to get to. But because we were spending some time in the in the city, we stayed in the city centre. Um, so we got a train out there and then we got a, a taxi back after the game. Um, if we'd been there less time, we probably would have stayed near near nearer the ground, sort of in the airport hotel. So just have a look where the ground is, uh, see what the public transport links are like, see what taxis are like, um, and just do it. Just just go for it because it's it's brilliant. I love to travel, so for me, watching Chelsea abroad is just like two of my big passions in one one hit. So I, I, I just say go for it. I would have done a lot more men's Euros, but trying to get tickets from the men's Euros away over the years have been incredibly difficult. So. I um I only went to a couple, but I enjoyed both of those as well. When I went, I was lucky enough to go to all three cup uh, Euro Cup finals and the one in Amsterdam, and they were all brilliant as well. So yeah, my advice is just go for it. If you want to do it, go for it. <laughs> that Madrid tip trip sounds a lot cheaper than my whole experience watching uh, Angel City in LA. That includes cab fares in their thirty thirty dollar Heineken pints. Uh, yeah, I'll stay a little bit closer to home from now on. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We'll see who we get in the knockout rounds if we get there. Um, let's move on to looking at the actual game then, because from what I watched, I thought Chelsea looked really off. Was there that sort of vibe uh, there? I don't think we played our best, but I don't know how much of that was because Madrid didn't let us play our football. They were very physical, like they were at Kings Meadow. There was lots of sort of congestion one of our players always had two or three players of theirs around them uh, and sort of vice versa. The match seemed to be, especially the second half, it seemed to flip sort of like 10 minutes of Madrid pressure to 10 minutes of Chelsea pressure. So, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we, we played our best, but I, I can't decide if it's because Madrid didn't let us or just because we we weren't, we haven't been playing our best for most of this season. Yeah, then we said before the game, sort of a point was OK, not a disaster. Do you think they'll play for the point? I don't think you do. I don't think when you're when you're when you're a club as big as Chelsea, you play for a point. You might, uh, you know, play a little bit deeper or or, or, or a little bit more uh, more passive aggressive zonal marking or change it to tactical marking, man, woman to woman. So he said, man to man, based on based on your position. I never think you actually play for the draw. I think uh, in the game, yeah, you would have. I think Emma would have taken a point, uh, and you've got to look at the experience as as a positive experience. Yeah, I, I get what you said before, and you know, it looked a bit off, uh, and that hangover looked a little bit uh, carried on to Sunday as well. But you know, it was a, a case of this happens. You know, you know, you can't perform at a high level all the time, and big teams, the, the bigger teams, get through games without losing by playing off and unfortunately the lesser teams don't they'll they'll get a batter in uh, as we've as we've seen in in the top leagues uh, so 
Yeah, a, a point was okay in the end. We we got ourselves in good position. You got to remember before before Real Madrid scored, we had the better chances and could have been two two up at least. Uh, Sam didn't have a, a radar on, it, especially around the goal. Uh, so yeah, I I I wasn't too disappointed. I, you know, we we've all probably watched football long enough to know that you get games like this, and yeah, gladly accept the one one and a point. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned a couple of good chances there, Sophie. We've spoke about Sam Kerr a lot this season. What's your opinion of her this season? Because she seems to be not the Sam that we know and love. Are you concerned about her form? I'm not concerned, no. Because um, she's getting into chances. She's, she's, she's getting those chances. She's just not taking them. But I think um, there's a there's type of chance that she will score and there's a type of chance that she doesn't always score. And I think some of the chances she's been having this season are the ones she doesn't always score. Um, but the ones that she does tend to score, she's put away. I also wonder, and I, I, I'm a bit undecided on this, are we playing in a slightly different way this season, which isn't necessarily playing to her strengths? And she's having to adapt her game again to enable us to play in a slightly different way. And that's maybe why she she isn't scoring the goals that she scored over the last, last couple of seasons. I don't know. It, it's something that I've... I need to sort of think about a little bit more to say whether that's that's the case or not, but it's something that's running around in my head at the moment, definitely. That which so. you would have, you would have a great uh, view of that. I've you know when when going switching over to the men's and people call certain strikers flops, whether it be Crespo or or certain others, his movement was probably the best I've ever seen. But I only saw that by being there at the stadium and, you know, what the cameras don't pick up. So that's a good point you make. If you go into every single game and you're noticing things uh, that the camera won't pick up on her game, then, then that is that is a great view. Yeah, there's also talk about she, how much she overperformed her expected goals last couple of years and she's just sort of levelling out um, this season. Uh, which is not sort of she's not performing badly, but not as as well as she has been. So she says she's a little getting, bit, a little bit uh, more or, criticism on 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 social media. I'm noticing for her than usual. I think she's one of these players that when she's playing well and scoring goals, everybody loves her. But she's one of those players that people like to criticise when she's not necessarily scoring two or three goals every game. As mm. Dean said, she's playing well enough. She's just overperformed the last couple of seasons, which means that people expect that all the time. I think if if you can see it as a as a positive or a negative, I think her it turns out to be a negative because she does miss quite a few chances. But what people see is she gets herself in so many good goal scoring situations, probably more than any other striker I'm seeing in women's football. And because she misses quite a few chances, uh, she gets a lot of criticism. But she she her movement is amazing. And maybe she just gets herself in too many great goal scoring opportunities, and 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 it's just it's just the way it is. But yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of other strikers with that movement uh, of hers. Yeah, I, I, I'd, it'd be tough for me to criticise her. Uh, she usually starts a little season a little bit dry, and then and then and then she catches up. But maybe you're right, Dean. Maybe maybe we expected. Maybe we've been we've been lucky, or we've been blessed, or or, or whatever. And she's just sort of like. Coming back to, I still expect her to bang over 20-odd goals this season. Uh, it's harsh on Bethany England, who's a fantastic striker, but I just, unless it gets desperate, I don't think Sam is is droppable at the moment. Uh, she's just so dangerous, you know. It'd be different if she looked a little bit lacklustre and off the pace and not getting in the positions and played like I used to play with my hands on the hips, standing on the halfway line, waiting for the ball and not doing much running. But she's not, you know, she's a... 
left, right, central, all around. You know, she she runs defenders ragged. She takes them in positions they don't want to be. Uh, and she keeps doing that. And even when she's missing chances, her head doesn't go down. Yeah, it's, it's she, it'd be hard to drop her, in my personal opinion, at the moment. Yeah, well, that's what we've said all along, isn't it? You're always waiting mm. for that moment where she's going to click because she's Sam Kerr and you don't take her out of the team. Even if she does miss his chances. Uh, the last thing I do want to say on Real Madrid, uh, Dane, you know, we spoke about, or so we spoke about them, so pressing us really well and like they did in the first leg. I suppose the difference was in the first leg that Anne Katrenberger didn't pass them the ball uh, for them to score a goal. And perhaps if she hadn't, we'd get away with a 1-0 win from a penalty and we're patting ourselves on the back a bit more. Yeah, again, the harsh reality of, of a goalkeeper in, in you know at the top of a game in football, you know, one mistake leads to a goal. But, you know, as we just was mentioning with Sam, she can miss us a couple of chances and, and and Chelsea will still end up winning. Obviously not in this game, but in, in, in most games. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And yeah, it it, it happens, unfortunately. Uh what she saw. Was not there, obviously. <laughs> Millimeter of seconds later, when she when she passes the ball, and yeah, it was a good finish, to be fair. But yeah, it, you, it's one of those you just brush yourself down and just get on with it because obviously, if you take that that negative with you for the rest of the game as a goalie, even you're dropping everything and spilling everything. But she she is, as we all know, very strong mentally. And she did Luckily. come back and pulled off a cracking save in yes. the second half when she came out and smothered the ball. I mean, that, that was fantastic. So not every goalkeeper would be able to do that. No. Yeah. I did feel bad because uh, we had tried to chip her and I tweeted that she's not Mary Earps. I mean, she... Straight away she passed her the ball and scored. Um, so I felt like I did jinx <laughs> that. So I'll take that one on for the team. Um, just finally, Buffer on Mixler says that he thinks we showed Real Madrid too much respect. Mm. Would that something you would agree with, Sophie, or the... Do you would say that Real Madrid did play you know, a great game? I don't know if we showed them too much respect or if we allowed, well, allowed ourselves is probably a bit strong, but if we sort of dropped down to their level rather than imposing our game on them. We started off by imposing our game on them and then, then when we didn't score those couple of goals, I think they then managed to impose their game on us. Um Maybe that's the issue that Manchester City have had for the last two seasons. Yeah. Not that I watch the games, but... But again, it's all about missed chances, you know, isn't it? And and the missed chances we mentioned before would have would have put us with a nice little buffer before. I think I think I I think personally, you know, and I'm not, you know, ignorant to, to know that we us three could all watch the game and and see see different views with our eyes and our and our mind. What I saw was Madrid grow into the game I thought uh, after about 20 minutes or or, or or whenever the goal went in you know due for the fact that the chances were missing due for the fact that Chelsea was a little bit sloppy in, in possession and position and that, that gave them confidence whether their game plan was always to harass us and harry us and, and press us uh, right backs and left back you know did did, did really good jobs on, on us and and I think they grew and, and they actually looked yeah fairly decent but you want to compliment them at the same time. We're also a little bit critis, critis, uh, critical of our of our uh, performance. So, yeah, it does weigh weigh each other up each side. We are a good team. They got further than us in the Champions League last year. So we've got to give them that. Um, right, we're going to take a short ad break now. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Reading game. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that our summer series... Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the creation of the Chelsea FC Women's team is available in full on our Patreon page. 
Subscription costs you £5 a month. In return, you get access to interviews with Tony Farmer, the man who created the team. Uh, George Michaelas, who managed the team from 2002 to 2005. And Matt Beard, who was Chelsea's coach before Emma Hayes. If you head to patreon.com forward slash went to then you can sign up there. You also get early uh, access to these podcasts. So if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from, you can listen first ad free on our Patreon page as well. So make sure you check that out. We will be right back. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, welcome back to part two of Went to Make Kings Meadow. Time now to look back at that 3-2 win over Reading in the WSL, which took place this past Sunday, the 11th of December at Kings Meadow. Uh, Chelsea lined up for this one in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Anne Katchenberger in goal, Eve Perisse, Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson and Neve Charles in defence. Sophie Ingle and Erin Cuthbert played in the pivot with uh, Johanna Ritten-Canrid, Yelena Kankovic and Frank Kirby supporting Bethany England in attack. Chelsea made four of their five available substitutions with Jess Carter replacing Neve Charles in the 66th minute. Jesse Fleming and Sam Kerr were introduced for Yelena Kankovic and Beth England, respectively, in the 70th minute. And in the 81st minute, Guru Wrighton came on for Johanna Ritten Cameron. This left Shachira Mosevic, Nick Nowan, Lauren James, Kadisha Buchanan, and Alsu Abdelina as the unused substitutes. Uh, stats wise, Chelsea had 61% possession, 18 shots, 9 on target, 7 corners, and 7 fouls to Reading's 39% possession. 8 shots, 3 on target, 2 corners, and 13 fouls. Um, Line up, Dane. Beth in, 
Was that a surprise or not? Because we always talk about playing Sam and you got to stick with Sam and then then Beth was there. Yeah, but they can play together. Uh, uh, probably overdue, uh, I think, like like recent seasons, is it's been hard, especially if you've got a fit Frank Kirby and Penilla Harder, uh, Lauren James now, really really shown the potential and, and 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 Bethany who 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 walks into to most teams uh in the league and and possibly in European football uh so it's nice to see her play but I I, I think they can play together uh but you know I wasn't surprised you know I, I I'm never surprised with Emma's teams because we've just got so used to predicting a team and getting it wrong so I just open-minded and, and I see he was in and I'm like okay <laughs> Yeah, we still try though. Yeah. Um, the I one I was thought, sorry. sorry, I was going to say I actually thought Beth would start this game because Sam had worked really, really hard in the Madrid game. It's only a two-day turnaround, uh, travel time and stuff, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Beth didn't come on in Madrid. Was so it was in Emma's mind that she would start on Sunday. So I was, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, she probably looked at the weather report as well. <laughs> Wait, Sam Kerr up for that. And well, she did bring her on, and she did look very happy about it, did she? Um, <laughs> look quite cold. Yeah, I mean the change that I looked at most, Sophie, mm. was uh, Yelena Kankovic getting her first start. We haven't seen too much of her. What we have seen, I thought, was pretty good. Uh, excited to watch her. What did you make of of her inclusion and her performance as well? Yeah, I was really glad to see her see her start, and I thought I thought she played really really well. Obviously, got the two goals, which makes it um, makes it a cracking game for her anyway. But I think some of her link play, some of her her passes, which was seen in a couple of the other games, she was finding passes that I don't think anybody other than maybe G last year, we have in a team that can find. Um, so I think that has got the ability to really open up um, low block defences if she can find those passes in those games. So, yeah, I'm really excited by her. I'm really glad she's playing for us and not for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wrote a piece about her before the season started and someone said that her uh... Profile is very similar to G, and I think we've missed that this season. And obviously, she's been injured, so it's been difficult. But um, yeah, we'll talk about her more as, as the show progresses, I suppose. Um, then the other thing I sort of want to talk about we always talk about Alsu Abdelina because we are big fans of her. Um, in her two sub appearances, she's got two assists, but still can't get a start. And Fran was preferred out wide left. You broke up when you said who, who then. I didn't hear a lot of that. I thought mainly about Fran being put on the left rather than maybe having someone like Alsu come in for Guru as a natural yeah. player there. Yeah, it's a hard one. I remember you saying uh, uh, a good few shows again after a fairly decent uh, uh, sub role if I think she'll play more. And I said no. Uh, Suppose in that time you got, you, I suppose you got to remember as well uh, the sub changes as well uh, might have changed because at one point we were very comfortable. I, I, I was screaming more for Lauren to come on because she has uh, this natural wonderful ability of of going from A to B to C really quickly and turning a like a deep midfield role into attack. And I thought with Leicester pushing us, should should be perfect to come on. Uh, but maybe maybe uh, Emma didn't want her to put her in a position where where, where she likes to play if she gets pressured and, and loses the ball. Uh, yeah, so I just think she she you know Emma 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 Emma's sort of mindset changed as the game went on. I did not think it was uh, it was I think it was still a bit of a hangover from from Madrid. You know we know what European trips are like and, and what it can do to you and 
and the performance just sort of carried on. You know, we got away with the win. We're thankful for that. That's, as I said earlier, what happens with great teams. And I think that the performance sort of sort of made up her mind with the substitutions. I think I think she would have went a little bit differently and other players would have got more of a chance coming on. But no, not when not when Leicester just uh, went free to not Leicester. Sorry, Reading. Yeah. I suppose it's always like hindsight, isn't it? I mean, France scored the opening goal, um, which was from a quick free kick from uh, Kankovic, who found uh, Cameron. Uh, Kirby on the left getting the goal. Um, some very quick thinking from Kankovic. Sophie, as we said, not something we've seen this season really. Do you think she's going to be a big difference maker sort of the end of this year and into the start of the new year, hopefully? I think she's definitely got the potential to be. Um, whether she starts in the big games, I, I, I don't believe she will. But for the, the Reddings, the West Hams, the Leicesters, I think she's definitely got the potential to start, especially, as I say, in teams that play a low block block because she's got that that eye for a pass that can break down a low block, knock it over the front to Sam or to Fran or whoever's guru playing up there to create that chance for us. So, yeah, she's definitely got the, the potential to be a, a change maker for the team. Was it Guru? Was it Guru who you said you thought should have started instead of Fran? No, I was wondering if Alsu should have started. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was going on. Yeah, I had in my head Guru because every time, coincidentally, every time you said that, it quite a, sort of broke up a little bit. So I was going to say because I didn't think Guru was particularly great by her own high standards and in Madrid. Uh, but you was obviously weren't talking about her. So. Yeah, Russian interference, probably, on the airwaves. <laughs> um, from that, the goal, though, Dane, it was made by Bethany England getting that free kick, which was by winning the ball off the defender. And that's sort of the thing she does. She does a dirty work that doesn't really get praised or mentioned in a very different way than, than what Sam does. Yeah, yes. But we can also see with a run of games and and and, and the season under a belt, she can be be that striker who scores 20-odd goals a season as well. Uh, yeah, different tour. Likes to hold the ball up, but also likes to get in, you know, in dangerous positions, you know, but the dirty work, yeah, she, she should definitely. It's always one to put her head in places where it shouldn't be, and 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 her foot in, very physical and very tough, and you know, no nonsense striker, a bit of a throwback to an extent. Uh, but yeah, much loved by the Chelsea fans, and you know, no no one would ever sigh seeing her in the first eleven, and probably would would like to see her given more opportunities. Uh, it's not as if we don't know what she can do. We, we, we've all seen it for years. Uh, and I, yeah, I thought she'd under, under, under conditions, under great. It's not always easy coming in, especially when you make a lot of changes. You know, if you think, if you're a striker, you'd like to come in, you'd like to come in as maybe the only change and, and like your best team so you can get the service. But with four or five other players coming in, you know, sort of wanting to impress as well, it's, it's quite hard. Yeah, I think that's going to be sort of a tale of the season, all these changes sort mm. of, as we're playing midweek and, and weekend games, because that's why we brought these players, I suppose. Um, Sophie, you probably wouldn't have seen this from the South stand, but um, you probably might have seen on a replay that um, Canrid was was offside by quite a distance that was missed by the officials. And they also missed, a, they well, they flagged Sam Kerr offside. And I don't know how they managed to do that, because she was probably four or five yards the other side of the defender, which is really weird. But again, officials, they, they must do better as the game is progressing and so we spoke about for a long time as well. Um, is it frustrating for you when these officials get in these key decisions wrong? I know this one was in our favour, but the next one might not be. Yes and no. I think we've got to remember that these a lot of these officials aren't professional. 
so they're not training week in week out or day in day out to be at the level that the women's players are the women's gamers advanced they're quicker they're faster they're stronger and i think it's a lot harder for the 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 female officials to keep up until they're until they get to the, that level of professionalism when the referees and the assistant referees are professional and training day in day out to ref these games then i'm more likely to say not have a go at them but to say yes they need to do better but at the moment i think we've got to accept that they're not at the level they should be but it's not necessarily their fault when they're not professional referees and assistant referees yeah well i think the club should be thinking well we do want better referees and we'll pay for them to be full-time um we'll see I think it is going to change because they're they're now under PGMOL, aren't they? And they they've got a, like a head referee that's I think it's 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 the German, isn't it? Who's coming and is going to shake it up? So I think ultimately it will change. But as I say, yes, they should do better. But I'm reluctant to criticise them too much because they're not professional. So I think they deserve it as well, don't they? If yes. the, if all other parts of the of, of of the women's football is improving, then naturally the, the the referees should be given listen they become professional we'll probably still moan about them but you know they they, they need that training they need that balance they need that support as well you know they're putting they're being put into you know the, the fish bowl of live sky sports now and, and, and all the tv and and all that exposure you know that they need help and 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 training and and that help as well where, where they can go full-time it can be their full-time job and and Hopefully, then we will see better decisions. But you're right; it's harsh to criticise. You know, they're not moving with the times, and it's not their fault. Yeah, and we got the goal from it, so you know, well played. <laughs> um, now it was two nil after uh, Cameron hit the post, and Kankovic sort of got the ball to defender to score an open goal. Um, Sophie, we call this an Emma Hayes goal. Pressure high up on the box, winning the ball back, and obviously it was an easy finish for her. But that would have been pleasing for Emma as well as the team, wouldn't it? To get a goal that easy because Reading are usually tough to break down yeah yeah definitely and I think this is a, this is a difference this season to last season is that the players that aren't necessarily the first choice players that are coming in um, are performing better this year than they did last year so we look at the Reading game last season Emma made a number of changes and those players didn't perform and at half time she had to bring on the, the players that she was she was resting I don't think that's the case this year I think all the players are at a much better level and we're not seeing the gap between the top player, the top top level players we've got, and the ones that are maybe slightly not quite as good. And I think that's shown in this game and that goal is that Kankovic is there because she's a better player. Bethany England is playing at a better level than I think she was last season um, when she comes on. And yeah, everybody's now singing on the same hymn sheet, and they know how to play that game, so they're they're going to put the chances away. Yeah, I suppose following on from that day, the player that has been impressing me is uh, Johanna Ritten-Camrid. She got, obviously, the assist for the first goal. She hit the post for the second. And do you think that is because, as Sophie says, the level's better? She's got the pressure from Lauren James on her right-hand side, the performances she's been putting in, so she's got to reach another level and she's starting to do that and get those assists and those goals? Well, that's what you hope, don't you? You hope, you know, you see these players, you see these players performing, and then the hope is by bringing them into this without standing too big-headed world-class environment, they will uh, express themselves even more. And that's what you're starting to see with, with Emma. We, we know, you know, if, if, if she makes 10 transfers, uh, eight or nine of them will be a build-up over a season. Uh, we won't see them too regularly. You know, they'll have 
odd squad rotation unless unless they're, they're massively high like Katisha Buchanan who's got that that high capability and 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 performances already even Perisay you know has been a little bit in and out uh I I expected her to go in quite 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 soon uh but yeah but it they, they will they will raise their game they will they will play better you know I've seen certain massive players over the years uh play at lower levels and you'd never really guess that they they, they were Premier League or Champions League uh winners uh it's good to see players rise to the occasion. Yeah, hopefully we see a bit more of, of Cambridge because she is definitely improving and finding her way in the team. Um, now, it was 3-0 before half-time. Erin Coppers cross-found uh, Kankovic in between defenders. She headed in. So, for this really reminded me of a goal that uh, Penilla Hardle would have scored. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, all the action was at the other end for me. So, I sort of looked back and sort of looked at the goals. But... Yeah, I agree. Um, and I also think going back to the Madrid game, I wonder what a difference Penilla Harder would have made for us in that game with her experience and the way she plays. I think she would have made a big difference for us in, in that game as well. But yeah, um, definitely. And and whilst I don't think Kankovic is, is a Penilla Harder sort of player, I think, as I say, she's more of a, a creator uh, rather than a, a dynamic forward that, that Penilla Harder is. I think she can, her and Jesse Fleming between them, can hopefully replace Penilla's output um, for the time that she's unfortunately out for. Yeah, obviously we've mentioned Kankovic a lot tonight, Dana, and she has been injured. How important is it that she can stay fit and then, as Sophie says, help recreate Harder's output? Well, massively, as 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 we've seen, you know, come in and perform. Uh, you know, they're not robots. They're not always going to perform at, a, at the level that maybe we expect or or Emma expects. So you need that squad. And and, and as as Sophie said too rightly earlier, you know, if, if if the level's not too much of a of a big drop within the squad, then you're going to see these players playing obviously a lot more regularly. And and if you are struggling in games, then you need these players to come on and produce. You know, one of our our bugbears at the beginning of the season was not what we were seeing from Lauren James it was the fact that the assists and the goals were not coming uh, as a forward player. That's what you need uh, to be successful and, and, and to be picked regularly. Uh, and, and that's what you need from from, from attacking midfielders, uh, whatever position they're playing in, whether it's the front three or, or, or as I said, in, in, an attacking element of, of midfield. You need them to assist, you know, keep the ball, do well, fairly well defensively, but produce goals and, 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 and open chances for, for fellow players. Yeah, so as we said, it was 3-0 at half-time. I thought the game was over. Sophie, did the weather get worse over half-time? Yeah, the, the, as the game went on, the weather definitely got worse. The snow got heavier. The pitch definitely got icier from where we stand in the South Stand. The pitch was green at the start of the game and it was definitely sort of more of a white, icy colour in the second half. Um, so, yeah, I think the weather definitely got worse in the second half. The temperature definitely dropped. <laughs> Yeah, so I went to take my son to bed to come back down. It was three two, so I wonder what has happened completely. So I did have to watch these goals back. Um, a day in the first one, a bit of a disaster all round for for both Magda and for Ankatschenberger. Um, one v one, Magda's usually quite strong at that, but she was beaten too easily. Yeah, you know, we, we say what you see. Yeah, it, it was too easily. You know, another one who's. Who's you know I've noticed a little bit of negativity on on, on social media. Not that I take that much with a I take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, but 
you know it, it, you do notice it and then you, you try and notice if the, what points are and if they're valid or not that not that my opinion matters over over most uh yeah unfortunately it was a, it was a, it was a weak goal to give away uh uh maybe a little bit too complacent you know the position we were in already thinking about maybe getting in at the end of the game to the warmth and this game's done but yeah top level football you've really got to keep your eye on it for 90 minutes they know that and it's just, yeah it was just you know a couple of errors and it, it unfortunately led to a goal as we saw with in, in madrid that one error led to a goal you know you will get punished more often than not yeah sophie would you say that because it was quite close to, to burger her body she just didn't get down quick enough um that she she should have saved it or the, the conditions played a part in her losing it under her body I think she should have saved it. And I think probably if it wasn't as cold, she probably would have saved it. Um, I hadn't seen the picture of her since, since, since seen the picture of her on social media, stood there like that with her arms underneath her, sort of, her armpits trying to keep warm. So if she's that cold, then it's going to be harder for her to react to, to things like that. And I think she will be as disappointed as anyone with, with letting that goal squirm under her body. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's two mistakes in two games for her, but she'll come back from that. She's a superb goalkeeper, so... Do you think there's an element of, not complacency, but I don't think there's any real pressure on her position. Do you think that plays a part or you just take the mistakes with the saves she makes, as you mentioned, in Madrid? She made a world-class save. She did the week before as well, that, I believe. I think it's probably you take the whole goalkeeper and I think with AKB, you've got the potential for her to make mistakes, but you've got the potential for her to make world-class saves and the world-class saves beat out the mistakes. She'll make more world-class saves in the season than she will uh, mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, the lack of pressure, I don't know, some players react to pressure like that. Other players actually find it harder to perform under pressure. I, I don't know whether that's the case or not. Um, but, yeah, I, I would take her definitely as a keeper, keep her in. Um, I'm not going to drop her for Musevic on the basis of those two those two mistakes. Now, whether you rest her, that's a different matter, but I don't think she should be she should be dropped. How close do you think Musevic is? Because remember last season, we were having a conversation on, on this podcast when Musevic literally played five games in a row. Now, at that time, we don't know what might have been going, without trying to sound controversial, off the field to, to, to make that decision. But we was almost thinking that there was a, you know, there was a, a change of, you know, the number yeah. one. And uh, and and then for it to go completely the other way, it was it was quite a surprise. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Musevic hasn't played more this season. So last year she played against Reading. She would have probably played against Vlasnia. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if she plays on Friday or not, or if or if Emma sticks with Anne Catherine. Yeah, so we will discuss uh, in our third part. Um, three two again. Dane Chelsea a bit all over the place. Probably knocked a bit from that goal, and it is again. Magda losing a 1v1, it left Neve Charles 2v1, so Neve won the first challenge, but then obviously lost the second. Um, Reading get the ball in the box and Magda's lost her player and it's a finish into the post, off, in off the post, sorry. Mm. Um, do you think it was just sort of a few minutes of madness from Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, domino effect. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? You know, you... you uh... Sometimes you hope that you have a chance to, you know, to get your, your chin up, but, you know... <laughs> Reading wasn't playing ball. Why should they? You know, they wanted to, uh, you know, go after us. And they did. They went after us to an extent of throat. And to be fair, when they got that second, I thought, oh, you know, we, we could be in trouble here. But 
we composed ourselves after that and and if you think their errors led to our goals we just had to cut out the errors for that last little bit and uh yeah unfortunately again you don't know if it's, it's conditions or, or tiredness or, or a bit of both and I wouldn't I'm not worried I wouldn't be worried you know it'd be interesting to watch the next game and see you know but it, it happens and and I thought after the after effect of that we dealt with it actually really well uh but unfortunately you know we're going to have a show and we're going to talk about the errors and they were errors you know we've seen it quite a few seems in sloppy we've seen Aaron being sloppy sometimes in in possession in midfield give the ball away and she got punished on one goal, didn't she? Was that I can't remember who that was away at, and she gave the ball away and went up and scored. And you know, we know they, they know it. Top level footballers, they know you. You have to have that concentration. You have to have that the positional play and 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 pick up everything. But unfortunately, you know, you're not freaking robots. Yeah, I mean, as, as Dane says, Sophie, we did sort of control the game after that point. I mean, if you watch highlights of the match, it ends after that second goal. So there's no more highlights. And they scored on the 61st minute. So it's sort of half an hour of football where nothing happens worthy enough to be put into a highlights reel. Was that the sense you got of the game as well, that the game did peter out and we didn't really feel threatened after that, that Reading were going to get that third goal? I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I'm a natural pessimist when it comes to football. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was always worried that Reading were going to score another goal um, right until we were playing Lioness style, keep it in the corner flag for the last sort of like four or five minutes of, of added time. Um, but yeah, I think we did have the game under control. I think Dane's right. We did stop those errors. We we sort of it was almost like we got that wake up call. We started to concentrate. We we didn't we cleared the ball rather than keeping hold of it in those situations. Um, and ultimately, we saw out the game with a win, uh, which is all you can ask. It's interesting because if we hadn't have conceded those two goals and maybe scored another one. Would Sam have come on? Would Vera have come on? Or would Alsu Abdelina have come on in, in, in that situation when we weren't up against it so much? We'll never know. But I, I think that's probably was what the plan was, was, was that if we'd been four or five nil up, then we might have seen some of the, the less regular players come onto the pitch at that point. Yeah, probably could change. We needed, obviously, a threat for Reading to be worried about, obviously, defensively. Uh, Dane, do you think we just played better to the elements? As Sophie said, it got it snowed worse, it got colder. We had that 10 minutes of madness, and then we, we settled down and, and played a bit more to the to the weather, as Sophie said, clearing the ball rather than trying to pass it around. Yeah, well, we well, we had to adjust, didn't we? Because we it was only going one way uh with those errors. So we had to adjust whether that was tweaks by by Emma or the substitutions or just an accumulation of 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 of, of the uh, senior players. Uh you know, just having a little chat on the field, which obviously they regularly do. Uh, and, and and yeah, we saw the game out, as you said, you know, there was not much going on from, you said Leicester again, for God's sake, uh, Reading. And uh, and 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 it was, it was it was a controlled performance in the end. Yeah, now, um, usually we do a player of the match vote, but apparently wasn't allowed to tweet. Uh, so I didn't. Uh, Kankovic won the club version. Uh, agree with that, Sophie? I can see why she won the club version, but I would have actually voted for uh, Millie Bright or Anne Cuthbert. I think Millie Bright, when when we stood in the first half, everything that was coming into the box, she was just getting it out. She was clearing it. She was sweeping up all the mistakes. And I think in the second half, especially after we conceded those two goals, it was like Erin Erin was like a, a woman possessed. She was running around all over the pitch. She was charging forward. She was on the wings. She was she was really 
really playing a sort of like Max Aaron play is what sort of what I would call it. So I would actually have voted for one of those two, although Kankovic is you're not going to argue with Kankovic having scored both those goals. Yeah, maybe the snow she felt more at home Aaron in the second half. Well, she was the only person that was sliding on the pitch in the second half, that was for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh Dave, who would your vote have gone for? Uh possibly just you know, just as a boost for someone who hasn't been in the in the team a lot, it would be Kankovic, but again, you know, it's the little things you don't know, is and, and, and it's nice to see the uh Millie Millie get some attention from Sophie because you know the defensive players very rarely do. And as we talked about the mistakes earlier, which led to goals, it's it's important when we highlight when when one plays one plays really well. But I think, yeah, based on based on on Kankovic's just just her overall positive attitude and, and getting two goals, which ultimately led to us winning the game in the end. I think she 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 deserved it. But yeah, on another day you would be you would be uh giving it to Millie. Yeah, well, Kankovic did have, she had five shots, three on target. She had a 1.37 XG, completed 38 of 47 passes, which is 81%. She won seven of 13 duels and she had six recoveries in the opposition half. Um, so, yeah, two goals as well. So, yeah. I've got a question. Well, then. Did you say she had a 1.8? 1.37 XG. 1.37 XG. And for any listeners who potentially want to know what XG is, expected goals. Expected goals, and what do they base that on? Well, it's the where you are on in the pitch when you take your shot, how many defenders you got around you, the likelihood of you scoring from that position. So, out of her five shots, they expected her to have scored from them one point three times. Yeah, she scored twice, and the open goal would have been worth probably almost one because okay. there was no goalkeeper, <laughs> which helps. Uh, anyway, the results elsewhere then this weekend, uh, the Manchester derby was one all. Uh, Tottenham lost 2-0 to West Ham and then did a Q&A with all their players, which is interesting. Um, I wonder how that went down. Uh, Aston Villa were leading 1-0, but then lost 4-1 to Arsenal. Uh, and then we beat Reading 3-2. Uh, Brighton Everton was postponed and Liverpool Leicester also postponed. Um, the table then looks like this. Chelsea are top on 27 points. Arsenal second, 24 points. Manchester United third on 22 points. Man City fourth on 19 points. Uh, West Ham a fifth on 15 points. Aston Villa sixth on 12 points. Spurs a seventh. Everton in eighth, both on nine points. Then you've got Liverpool in ninth on eight points. Uh, Reading in tenth. Brighton 11th, both on seven points. And then Leicester City still have no points. Um, and then finally, Chelsea and West Ham have played 10. Uh, Spurs, Everton, Liverpool... Brighton have played eight. Everyone else has played nine, uh, which makes the table really difficult to read. There's also a game tomorrow between somebody and somebody. <laughs> Everton Spurs, isn't it? Everton Spurs. So yeah, that I think somebody good. will win. Somebody could win, or it could be a draw, or somebody could lose. <laughs> so it's hard to call at this stage. But obviously, that doesn't affect the very top of the table where we currently occupy. Um, Anyway, uh, time for our final ad break before we look ahead to the Champions League game. Before we do that, a reminder that copies of Issue 1 and Issue 2 of Kingdom Meadow Chronicle, for which both Dana and Sophie write for, uh, are available online at um, kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. So if you want to check out um, Sophie and Dane's work, uh, make sure to pick up a copy today. The link for that will be in the description box and we'll be right back after this short break.
Arsenal fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. And welcome back then to the third and final part of Went from Oaking Meadow. Time now for a quick preview of our Champions League group game away in Albania against Valencia. Um, as we said, still don't know if that's right. Is it Thursday or Friday? Friday. Friday, so yeah, don't know much. Uh, Sophie, you, are you going? No, I would love to have gone, but it just didn't work for a number of reasons. I'm not quite that brave a traveller. Yeah, although I did look at, <laughs> well, I'm going to come on to this, but I looked at the weather and it's actually quite nice in Albania compared to the UK right now. I'm sure Sam's looking forward to it. Uh, anyway, thanks to uh, Harry Edwards. So he's at Harry Edwards 16 if you should follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, if we win and on PSG win, Chelsea have qualified. If we win and PSG drop points, we confirm first place. If we draw and PSG win, we have still qualified. If we draw and PSG drop points, we have confirmed first place. If we lose but PSG win, uh, we're qualified, but we're now in second place. Uh, lose and Real Madrid win, not qualified. Uh, lose and Real Madrid and PSG draw, qualified. Understood all that, Dane? I was reading something else, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I did, I did, I was listening. I'm sure you was. What <laughs> happens if we win and PSG lose? Uh, I've seen that have gone through. <laughs> <laughs> See, not listening at all, doesn't know. Um, Sophie, it's easier just to win, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We win. We don't need to worry about anybody else. And we don't need to worry about that PSG game in December either. We can go and play at Stamford Bridge and enjoy ourselves. Yeah, which would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, as I said about the weather already, um, 17 degrees in Albania, Dane. And that's going to please a few players, isn't it? Oh, that definitely please me, yeah. Oh, freezing at a sudden moment. Once it gets in you, it stays there the whole bloody day. Uh, yeah, it would. But obviously, you know, I, I would like to know when they fly, fly they, when they're going to go over there. It'd be nice to to go over there and and, and get a few training sessions in, in in those conditions, a mini break, as they say. But yeah, yeah, it would. But then when they're back here and and it's cold again, have <laughs> the life of a life of a uh, sports star. Yeah, I'd go today and just stay there till next week, some point. I think a few people would like you to stay there a lot longer with no uh, access to any uh, social media. Yeah, a bit further than Albania, I suppose, as well. Um, Yeah, based on that, uh, Sophie, would you bring Sam back in or would you give Beth another chance against a lesser opponent? I think you start Sam, um, hopefully score lots of goals and then bring her off at half-time or 60 minutes and give Beth the chance to get a few goals against the tiring defence. Yeah, Dane, would you agree with that? Obviously, there's no game at the weekend, uh, no WSL game. It's only a week till uh, PSG on the Thursday. Um, it's a chance to get the rest of the recovery in if, if Sam does start. Yeah, yeah, there's also a chance to maybe start both. Sam and Beth, I think you can adjust the tactics. Uh, well, not not too much, you know, play a system that you know uh, to suit the opposition, which 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 could benefit the attacking players. Uh, again, without 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 
second judging what I expect to happen. I I can only foresee what I expect to happen. And I think you can, you know, you can get away with, with, with taking a few, few risks in this game. But you're right, you know, is Sam a, a confidence player? I don't know. I think she's just a confident person in general and a, a bubbly, positive person in life. So it's easy to say, like, throw her in to get her some goals. But I, you know... I wouldn't be surprised if she if she, if she had another game where she didn't where she struggled a bit and, <laughs> and then when knocked in a few in the next game because that, that's what that's what Sam does. It's she's she, she's just that sort of player. But I don't think it makes much difference with her whether she plays and, and scores to 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 the next game when she would probably play and score as well. Yeah, she got four in the first leg, didn't she? Well, first leg, first game against. I think she. I think the season started stale for her, and I think she started to look good. And it was only the last couple of games, I think. That that, that 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 she's missed a few chances, but I'm not worried about anything. I'm you know there's nothing I'm concerned about. I'm never concerned with Sam, you know, because when we start to question her, is when she 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 shuts us all up or shuts everyone up, and long may she keep doing it. Yeah. What about the other end of the pitch, and Dane? Uh, we spoke about AKB a, a bit, and do you think she starts on Mazovich comes in for this one? Well, you would have, you would have thought, like Sophie said, she would have started. But, you know, obviously, tend to forget that we, we didn't get out of the group stages last year. So although it's a weaker team, you still want to to win. You don't want to be caught last year. You know, we we, we got a lot of points for someone who finished third and, and, and teams who did qualify got lesser points for us in other groups. So maybe it'll be, it'll be a professional job. You know, the, the first thing is, is to get out. Is to get out. Then you might, as you, as, you, as you said earlier in the show, then you might see some changes, some rotation when we've... Uh, if and when we have qualified, but I still think you can take a risk, and I think you can put Misovic in goal. I, I, it was a surprise to, to obviously risk. Would you, does that mean you'd see Buchanan? Would you her in this game? Hmm. You'd think so if she didn't play on Sunday. Yeah, Sophie. What about you? I don't think it's a risk to play Misovic. So I don't think she's that bad of a goalkeeper, but. We obviously we do have to win as well to make sure we have qualified. Also, it's something we didn't do last year. Do you think that will play on Emma's mind a little bit once she's deciding her team for this one? Yeah, I think if Musovic had played the first game against Vlasnia and some of the other league matches like Leicester, I would say she'd probably start this game. But because she hasn't, I think Emma will stick with AKB. Interesting. That's a change I haven't made actually. Is is Musovic in goal? Um, Dan, you mentioned Buchanan back. Do you think, given a bit of a sloppy performance against Reading, that might be a chance to rest Magda and put up Brighton Buchanan playing? Is that two in the back four? You'd think if anyone need would 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 need a rest would be well, Millie. She always seems like the, the last choice for a rest, but maybe she's just one of those players who just you know just constantly needs to play, and a rest doesn't actually help her. Uh, Again, you can look at it from the other side, can't you? Like double-edged sword. That if if you do play Magda, she, she plays well uh, against. Again, sorry about sounding ignorant. A weaker opposition, but I don't. Do you think? Do you think Emma looks at it that way, or she just thinks you know your levels are down a little bit, fitness levels rather than performance levels? And I think certain players can get away with 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 a few average displays. It's if it then carries on, then there's an issue. I think Emma knows what what certain players bring to the table, and 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 I don't think she'll be worried uh, or concerned at the moment about Magda because you know we still got through those games rough, roughly uh, unscathed, you know. 
a win and a draw. Yeah, and as you say, we always get the team collection wrong. So yeah, why do we try it anyway? Um, so if you think there's a chance for the likes of you know Marin, uh, Katrina Svitkova, Alsa uh, Abdullah, those that haven't really played at all to start, or she will go strongest game, uh, strongest team, and then make those five subs count. I think she'll put a strong team out. Let's let's get the game, try and get the game won early, and then rest players after that. I mean, interestingly enough, Svikova wasn't even on the bench at the weekend. She was interviewed pre-game, so I don't know if she's picked up a knock or something. Um, but I, I don't think Marin will start. I think she's obviously not fully fit and is possibly even struggling for fitness, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think she'll be a starter. Um, maybe she'll come on if we sort of like a few goals up. I, I don't know. But I, I think Emma will go strong and then... I say hopefully win the game early and then make the changes either at half time or the 60th minute. Yeah, a buffer on Mixler reminds us that Muzovic did play in the first the first game against Valencia. Just check. Okay, my apologies. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just, I was just going with what Sophie was saying. Yeah. I was at that game as well. I should have known that. Sorry. <laughs> There's so many games though. You do they do all blur into one. I always say this, especially when you have to talk about them every week. Um let me get back onto what I was going to ask. Um, Sophie uh, Kankovic, a player like G in that number ten role, do you think she'll carry on now, or there's you could, as we're going to play against uh, a weaker team, quite unquote, drop her back into that sort of midfield, more central midfield role, and allow Ingle and maybe Cuthbert, one of those, to have a rest as well. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a possibility. I'd like to see us sort of drop into more of an eight rather than a ten, um, but. I don't know. I mean, Erin and Sophie, I mean, to me, this season, Sophie's like a, a new player uh, compared to last season. I, uh, the amount of games she's playing and how well she's played, but she probably need, she probably deserves the rest. Um, yeah, Kankovic could play, but equally you could put Fleming in there as well. Or you could play Fleming and Kankovic and drop and rest one of Erin um, and, and Sophie. So I think we've got a few options in midfield now, um, which is, is good because at the start of the season, I wasn't sure what those options would be, so. Yeah, it was a bit light, wasn't it? It was sort of Erin and that was it. And then Sophie come back and then all of a sudden there's, we're spoiled for choice for who to, to play. Um, Dan, I mentioned uh, Cambridge in the second part about how she was impressing. Um, do you think she keeps her place in the team or we'll see Lauren James come back in because she missed the last game? Well, Lauren hasn't seemed to have started much in in Europe, has she? Unless I'm I'm wrong as well. I'm sure wasn't the uh, the Real Madrid away game her first start in in the uh, previous four games. So, so it would be quite harsh, obviously, if, she, if 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 after two goals in your previous game you're not given an opportunity. But you know, I don't think Emma Emma, Emma gets pulled on emotion. I think she just gets pulled on who she thinks. In that moment, is 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 the best eleven who's going to win the game. I don't think it's irrelevant what, what happens in a previous game to an extent, obviously. Yeah, I'm I'm going to check that now for you. So she didn't play against. She didn't start against Valencia. She didn't get on either. Actually, um, she was she missed that game. Uh, move on to then we beat Real Madrid two 0 wasn't it? Oh, I missed the first game, haven't I? PSG uh, lineup. Yeah, Cambridge started that game. She did come on, though, after 56 minutes uh, in the home game against Real Madrid. And she started away. 
where do we go for this game October this is thrilling podcasting isn't it me googling lineups where are we there we go lineups yeah didn't play against PSG either so you was you was right yeah thank you yeah and as well, Buffer says this, uh, Valencia have not scored a goal yet and they've conceded 19 in the... in the Is that just in the Champions League, I'm guessing? Um, do you think we're being a bit too cautious because we've got the scars from last year? No, she'll definitely go out, you know, pick a side to win and, and, and get through. I don't think, you know, there's a couple of positions where you could possibly play someone who's who's not playing regularly, but I think she'll go all out for the win and comfortable. And I think you'll see, probably see, you could see them all, Kerr. You know, she could, it wouldn't be the first time that Emma's adjusted positions as well just to, to, to get another player in for, you know, why not play Lauren and her, Henry? Play the whole attack. Yeah, what we always say about just Sophie's an early goal is so important for us. We don't want a repeat of like the Juventus or the Zavet games last yeah. year where we did struggle to break them down. So getting that early goal is going to be crucial, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting enough, I, I didn't think she did, but Millie Bright was rested for the Vlasnia game. So she could oh. do the same <laughs> against again this 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 game and play Bright and sorry, uh, Buchanan and Ericsson together as a partnership for, for this game. And I thought that was the start of Buchanan's improved performance was that Blasnia game because she was playing on the right-hand side of, of the defence and she's got better as she's played on the right-hand side more. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Bright was rested for this game. Yeah, well, this is my predicted lineup, which will be probably five or six players wrong. Um, Muzovic starts in goal. A back four of Mielda, Buchanan, Bright and Charles. Uh, Cuthbert and Fleming in midfield with Camrid, Kankovic, James and Kerr up front. Um, let Dane finish writing it down and then he crosses it all out. Sorry, can you say that again, please? Who have you got? No, I'm saying you, I want to say you're 11. You keep breaking up. All right, Musovic and goal. Yeah. The older right back. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, Buchanan and Bright. Okay. Charles, left back. Okay. Cuthbert, Fleming, midfield. Camrid, right wing. Kankovic, number 10. James, left wing. Kerr, up front. So you're resting Sophie. You'd think Erin uh, might need a little bit of a rest. She was rested against uh, Leicester. I think Leicester, Sophie yeah. played more minutes recently. Although Sophie only played one international, Erin played two international games, didn't she, in the last break? So. Yeah, what changes would you make to that, Sophie, if you, if you were Emma Hayes and I picked the team for you? Um, I think I'd like to see Musovic in goal. Um, I think Carter might get a game. or even bring him back in Perisic at right back. I don't think Miel will start as much as I'd like to see her start. I think it'll be Ericsson and Buchanan. I think Millie will get a rest. And then Charles or James, not James, Carter. I wouldn't surprise me if Jess Carter came back in. Um, I think Erin will play. Fleming, I think Wrighton will play. James Kerr. Um, yeah, I would probably change Mielda for either Perisay, probably, because Carter seems to be playing left back. Uh, Carter for Charles. And then I would put Wrighton in, probably for Kankovic. Well, the good news is that after we do this show, I forget every prediction we make. So no one's going to know who's right or wrong. Um, 
especially with the score predictions, because we've never done anything apart from say them. Uh, no one writes them down. Uh, I'll say we're going to win 5 0 away. I'm, I'm just writing that down. Someone should write it down. I am. I've wrote it. It probably should be your job, um, since you don't do anything else. <laughs> um, so, if I know you don't like score predictions, but can, can I tempt one out of you for this game? No, I don't do score predictions, but I message my friends that I go to before the game, um, before go to the games with before the podcast, and they've all come up with predictions. And four or five nil seems to be a, a popular, top popular choice. Okay, so we'll call that four nil. Um, Dane. Six nil. Six nil. There you go. That's one nil, 88th minute own goal. <laughs> um, right. Sadly, uh, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks to those who have listened alive, uh, li- listened along live in Mixler, sorry, uh, and joined in with the chat. Remember, you can do so by downloading the Mixler app and search your to Mercury Meadow. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday to look back at that Valencia game and ahead to the PSG match. At Stanford Bridge, uh, Sophie, thank you so much for giving up your evening to talk to us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you ever so much for inviting me on. And thank you for your um, Kings Meadow Chronicle articles. Um, hopefully we'll have another one for the next edition. January yeah, I've just got to decide what to write it on this time. Yeah, I have to do that for Dane. I have to give him a list. <laughs> and then his wife has to redo it for him. Well, that's oh, she, she's more intelligent than me. So she, yeah. she uh, goes over it. Yeah, um, Dane, good to see you as well. Yeah, thank you. It was nice to see Sophie as well. Yeah, some really good insight tonight. But I'd like to end on my own little tribute to Grant Wall, who's, who's, who we sadly lost in midweek. You know, he's an outstanding journalist, writer, author, analyst, uh, passionate for all things USA, which very similar to myself, you know, especially soccer, as he as he always re- reminded it was called. You know, he was, he was a really big advocate for the women's game inspirationally outspoken about things others wouldn't dare to question. Some of his uh, journalist pieces in his, in his early career, Sports Illustrated, it was mainly college basketball, but s- some of his, some of his writing was, was, was legendary, has legendary status. You know, we, we've, uh, he was one of the first ones I noticed about 20 odd years ago when, when I'm 20, 25 years ago, and I'm trying to find as much information from, from, from across the pond, obviously, due to my my backstory and 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 he stood out and 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 you notice things about him and I know he got massively into our, our version of football by 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 being invited on by uh, on on the by the ex uh, United States manager Bob Bradley uh and that's how he got his passionate but passion for 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 the game but he was we we've lost a good one uh and so young so it was it was it was sad and I know obviously there's going to be a lot more people Who's going to give a better tribute to me? But you know, I thought I, I as as someone who I've, I've whose work I've read for you know twenty odd years and listened to him on podcasts, I thought you know it'd be nice to say something, and it might give you a clue to what I might be writing about in the uh, the next edition of and to Mokin's Medal Chronicle. Yeah, I look forward to reading it because yeah, as you say, Grant was a name that I think everybody just knew. Mm. I, mean, I don't follow American sports at all, but so I know I knew Grant Wall and knew his work and. Passionate, outspoken, said the things that no one else wanted to say and got in trouble in Qatar for supporting the LGBTQT plus community with his uh, rainbow T-shirt. Uh, his brother's uh, gay, I believe. 
yeah his brother his brother sort of released a, an instagram yeah. uh, or, or a twitter video quite very obviously a little bit emotional very but he, you know he's he, he he's a it's a big sport uh, supporter of, of of lots of lots of things and he was very outspoken about the world cup and 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 certain aspects of it and what and and and, and the tragedies that is is obviously sort of might have been it is being swept under the carpet uh for 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 money reasons and I suppose money reasons only and yeah it's 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 a sad sad loss to the journalistic world yeah I don't think outspoken is the right word I want to say because he's he's doing the right but done the right thing his career yeah he, he did right something thing. similar years ago when he, he sort of he, he he went for the uh put his name forward for the running for the FIFA president unfortunately he didn't get a back in from from so we so we had to pull out, uh, but he he wanted to really expose uh, that 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 them lot. It's you know it's uh, hard. We, we we don't want to obviously be to try to be too controversial because so you know we we see what we read and we don't have a massive insight into everything. But yeah, you know he's he he, he was a good one. Yeah, as you say, a good one. And thoughts to his family and friends and people that knew him. Uh, and that grieve him at this sad time. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on social media at Mokings Meadow, uh, me at CFCW Fanzine, Dane at DWIT9. Uh, Sophie, where can listeners find you on social media? So I'm on Twitter, but I don't necessarily interact on Twitter at Traveller74. And then I'm on Instagram, Sophie underscore Spittle, I believe. Um, so yeah, I am. Um, come follow me. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot, we'll of, have... a, lot of, a lot of Chelsea posting, a lot of travel posting. So. Yeah, some behind the scenes from European tours, I guess. Uh, the main attraction there. Um, I'll leave the links in the description, as always. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.